0: to the first installment of Afternoons With podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the Marcus Graham Project and Afternoon Agency. Um, Our mission at Afternoon Agency is to really just curate authentic stories that reflect intersectionality and the purpose of this podcast is to really just create conversations around topics relevant to our industry and our culture. Um, We're super excited to be here, super excited to have great conversation and really just fuel fuel the, the conversations that are happening outside of this room as well. Um, in this week's podcast specifically, will be centered around Juneteenth and um, also around blackness in media. Um, just giving a little credence to Juneteenth, Juneteenth, also known as Freedom Day, also known as Liberation Day, commemorates the day that um, former slaves, former saved black folks in this country were finally freed. Um, Knowing that like the moment that we're in right now, we definitely wanna give credence to the struggles that our ancestors and our people have endured for many, many years and just show the black excellence that we have here now, but also remembering the past that you know, that we've had and, and and honoring that and being able to push that culture forward. So I'm definitely excited to be here for our first installment. Um, I'll kick it over to Tony. Great.
1: And, and if y'all don't know, today our guest is awesome. So Tavio Samuels. He's one of Corporate America's youngest executives and has helped some of the world's biggest companies build their brands and to connect to consumers and some of those brands include walmart chrysler mba and johnson and johnson and most recently he was appointed or made coo of revolt media and tv where he leads aspects of programming and content um acquisition and so much more so thank you for joining us Detavio samuels we yeah appreciate
2: man it's a pleasure my honor my honor, brothers.
1: Okay, so let's, let's get right into it. Um, so could you go more in depth about what it is you do specifically and, and how you made it your own?
2: Yeah, so I'm in the process of making it my own because I've only been there. This is now the beginning of week three, right? So just getting into it, I actually started a little bit earlier, but let's call it it's been three weeks. Um, so what do I do at Revolt? Um, essentially, anything that you see that is revolt that is an expression of the brand, whether you're watching a television show, consuming content on Instagram, seeing ads on YouTube that are driving you to the channel, that's the work that I do. Anything that's part of the content marketing or insights arm reports it to me. Uh, the other way to look at it is what don't I control? So I don't lead the teams who do administration, so HR, legal is not me, and then I also don't lead the revenue teams. So if we're not making enough money. You can't yell at me, you gotta go yell at somebody else. But everything else that happens on the brand and on the channel um, is a function of the leaders that I have the privilege of leading.
0: Awesome. Very very good. Very good. Yeah. And like based on like that that brief bio about what you do, um I guess like the question like that that spurs us a little bit is kind of like figuring out like what maybe inspired you a little bit earlier on that led you to this space. Was it someone, was it something um, that, that got you to be chief operating officer at a huge, huge firm?
2: Yeah, so I, um, I always tell the same story. So, you know, my life goes that I was always pretty good at school. Um, and in high school, I was able to get A's with very little work. In college, I was able to very little work I was more into stepping and partying and lifting weights and playing basketball and all of that stuff until second semester of se- my senior year I take a marketing course that I absolutely fall in love with and it's like the first time that I'm in a school subject where it's like I'm hungry for the knowledge where like I personally want to consume everything I want to read every chapter and every book I want to show up for every class no matter how hard I've been partying and I've just always been a believer that you have to follow your heart You have to follow the the flames and the light that's inside of you. So my little soul was set on fire. So at that point in time, I decided I wanted to do marketing. Um, When I look at marketing, the top marketing roles are CMO level positions. Most CMOs have MBAs. And so I decided immediately that I want to get my MBA. Most people graduate from the MBA at 28. I was 21. Seven years felt like a very long time. I went to work at uh, Duke's Business School i pause just to see. Is it too loud for y'all or no? You can can hear everything? You're you're fine? Okay, cool. All right. We'll just keep on coming back. Um, So as I said, um, uh, business school. So the average age when you graduate from business school is 28. I was 21 and didn't want to wait that long. So I decided that I would go to Duke's business school and get a job there. Um, While working there, I was going to sit in and take classes and start learning and then also figure out how to get into business school young. Um, I got to Stanford, I don't know, I was probably 23, Um, and through Stanford, I take entrepreneurial courses as my focus in marketing. So by the time I come out, I'm still kind of interested in the CMO seat, but I'm more interested in entrepreneurship. I go to Johnson & Johnson, I do global marketing for two years, had an amazing time, Uh, traveled everywhere from Colombia to Mexico to Belgium, um, Amsterdam. Um, All of those things, but it wasn't really a job. Uh, The knowledge set was not a knowledge set that I wanted or was attracted to. So essentially, I was helping doctors who were doing surgery stop bleeding And as cool as that is to sit on neurosurgery and liposuction and all of that, that's not where I wanted my life to be. And I didn't want to have to learn a bunch of biology information. I wasn't passionate about it. And so at that point in time, I started making a turn towards the agency side. So I was noticing that essentially the agencies would do all of what I thought was the cool work, coming up with ideas and thoughts and they would bring them to me. And then my job was to be a filter. Those five ideas, two of them suck. Give me three, we'll fix them up a little bit and I'll give them to the CEO. I um, decided I didn't want to be a filter, decided that I was um, learning knowledge, that I wasn't going to be passionate about my whole life, the biology side. And so um, jump over to the agency side. The agency side, I have a great run, love creating commercials, Super Bowl spots, all of that. And then young people like yourselves come around and become the market and start ignoring all the commercials and all the ads. So all the hard work that clients are kicking my butt about, like left and right. Y'all don't even want to see it, right? So I become frustrated that that's not the best use of my energy and my time. We start getting into branded entertainment. We do a mini movie with Lenny Kravitz. This is long, long time ago. We put we took Beats by Dre, put it in Chrysler's, Dodge, Fiat, put those vehicles and music videos. Fifty Cent, Will I Am, etc. And I'm like, okay, like this feels like more like it. the <laughs> video with, yeah, the video with Carly Ray Jepsen got 150 million views, and the commercial. With nobody's got 10,000, right? Like I want to play the game with a bigger impact. And so then that gets me excited about this idea and this notion of branded entertainment, which then gets me to the media side. And so I'm on the media side working at Urban One for the last six years, seven years, had a great run there. Um, and then now... Um, It's not necessarily a pivot. I mean, the only bigger thing here is at my last job, I was president. This one is really like a content role, right? You could COO, could be chief content officer as well, Uh, but definitely positioning myself as someone who has a content lens and a creative lens and knows how to develop creative strategy to get the best content out is a lot of what this role is. But the headline for me is you never know what you want to be. You know what I'm saying? Black men, it's like you do your best. You're 20, 21, 22. And- You just say, I want to go this way. And then you just stay as open as you can. And as you keep going, you keep going like, I hate doing this, but I like doing this. I hate doing this, but I like doing this. And you just get tighter and tighter and tighter on your own personal brief. And so the question on how I got here is God and just being open to when my soul says yes, trying to chase the jobs that allow me to do the stuff that I'm more excited about and trying to read to the side the stuff that um, is the stuff that excites me the least. It's a little long-winded, but you know. (laughs)
0: it it speaks it speaks specifically even like thinking about like where you started early talking about like those marketing courses and whatnot in college like that speaks to me because like I didn't catch my my stride in university until my senior year when I was in my capstones like yeah and then I was like oh okay
2: I like what we're doing here yeah 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 it speaks that's the job man. I think too many 20 year olds think they got to know who they want to be by 40. If you know who you want to be by 40 at, like if you want to know who you if you know who you are going to be at 40 at 22 something's wrong. You know what I mean just life experiences should should cause you to change and cause you to evolve and so um, the job is to follow heart and follow spirit to recognize when something sets your soul on fire and be like I'm doubling down on that and then see where life takes you.
1: Yeah. And hearing someone of your caliber kind of speak to that, I think, will be a game changer for a lot of us, you know, because sometimes when you're a creative, you just, your whole process is just to create, you know, so to be boxed in sometimes is a little hard. And sometimes we feel like we have to compensate, we have to make do with whatever we can, you know, so. To yeah. Sp- to speak to a little bit of the topic of blackness in media, um, how do you use or plan to use your role to kind of so when, when people see us, people like us who look like us portrayed in media, like, how do you plan to use your role to to really solidify and, and drive home our lived experiences?
2: Yeah, I mean, I feel like if you are playing this game as a Black content creator, you definitely have that responsibility on your shoulders. It doesn't mean that I think you can't launch the love and hip hop or, uh, you know, any of those things. I think, We should have the right to tell the totality of our whole story, but we should also be very clear about the types of stories that we're putting into the marketplace and make sure that, you know, a decent amount of it is responsible, right, in terms of taking care of our people. I don't know if you guys know this, but like I'm a very firm believer that the reason black people become slaves is because I think it was um, Napoleon's writer who was it? Napoleon, some European whatever king? they're the first ones to conquer like the Moors and some of the black Africans as slaves. And he starts writing about it as like, not just like, hey, we conquered slaves because white people have been conquering white people for hundreds of centuries, right? But he writes about it as, oh no, now we're doing God's work. We are conquering the savages. We are helping them become less savage. So now he creates this like whole moral opportunity to making black that all happens because of media that all happens because of storytelling right so if stories become the central way with which my people get caged in then my question is can stories become the central way with which we become unlocked right and so you will see us do some fun stuff and some cool stuff for the culture because you can't do hip-hop and not do that but um right now two weeks before i came in Um, This moment was happening, Um, very appreciative of Puff, very appreciative of my CEO, who all pushed for a pivot towards social justice content. Today, we're pretty much 100% social justice content. When this moment dies down, uh, we'll drop down to something that looks more like 40% to 50%. But no matter what I'm doing on the other side, we are always going to be fighting the fight for our people. Um, because we can and that's what stories do is help you unlock new opportunities and help people imagine new worlds. So we won't be abandoning that anytime soon. It is now locked in and core to the purpose of a brand called Revolts. That is our revolution. We're not going nowhere. I love that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: beautiful. Literally so beautiful. <laughs> we and because like it's crazy like hearing you say it because we stress like within our internal agency, we stress storytelling so heavily because yeah, we see yeah. the power that stories carry, and yeah, like yeah. you know, like and being able to tell an authentic story to a to a group of people, and it's like you have one side where you're talking to the person that it was created for, but it also talks to people that it wasn't created for too, and that's like right. they can right. understand better what what it means to be us,
2: and yeah. That's Yeah, that's right. I mean, internally, so we look at it in terms of kind of two paths. We create stories specifically for our audience, but we're also trying to get into the game of creating stories for our audience to share those messages aren't necessarily for the audience who already gets it. It's for the people who, when they share it right to your point, like now we're getting the story out to others. We can have this conversation about what do we do and what are the solutions and all of that's necessary but we have to impact the other side and so thinking about how does my content arm um tony or arm rashid who already believes and all he's gonna do is go hell yeah share but now a thousand new white people saw it right like so thinking strategically again about the, the, the 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 strategic spaces and the lanes with which we create content in
0: That's key. That's key. And I guess like even and like you kind of you kind of spoke to me like when you said like showing the totality of the experience like you know you got reality television but you also have other content that is you know meant to be you know more responsible and like speak to like certain and that's and that's kind of like we had Lincoln our CEO he said the exact same kind of thing to us like there's there's so much space like people have kind of done The lane, you know, the the drug dealers and the stuff like there's so much more to us. Um, And I I feel like I feel like media companies, especially media companies that are owned by black people and that are led by black people understand that there are pieces and parts and nuances that like really speak to us. So I love that.
2: Yeah, I think they're all a little bit stuck. So what you what you tend to find out is that the white led general market companies live in those negative stereotypes and archetypes, right? They're only going to They're only going to showcase the rowdy black chick, the, the drug dealer thug in black dude. That's the space that white companies live in black companies because we feel such responsibility. Like we don't do any of that. And that's the stuff that gets used. That's the stuff that gets scaled, That's the stuff that gets numbered. But like you're not gonna see that stuff on BET today or TV one which I also think is unfair right like Mm -hmm. I think that um we should we've earned the right to tell the totality of our story and if anything things like Black Panther made us realize that that there is huge demand for stories that are not just that right and so to be able to tell African stories Jamaican stories kingship stories, like we have the right to tell all of that And so I want for all of us to be free, meaning I want the BETs and the TV ones to feel like they could be a little ratchet if they want, (laughs) you know what I mean? And then I also want the white leg companies to be like, don't just put that out in the marketplace. Put some other stuff on, like find that that's your Thursday night. But what about Wednesday? Can y'all do some positivity there, right? Uh, We want to see the whole spectrum, not just one-sided lens. I love that. I love that.
0: Um, and I guess, like, knowing that this Friday, June 19th, is Juneteenth, uh, what does liberation mean to you?
2: Mm. <laughs> um, so here's my first question back to you before I answer that. Which, have, y'all <laughs> ever, have you Did y'all ever celebrate Juneteenth before this year? <laughs>
1: no, sir.
2: <laughs> oh. Tony, yeah, nah. But, you know, we're going to take it. Look. I'm like, right. look, if, 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 if white folks are seeing with their lens for the first time, I will celebrate Kwanzaa this year. Like, look, let's do it all. Anything that gets you guys moving into um, being empathetic to the other side, right? Um, in terms of me and liberation, it's so interesting. It's an interesting question. like, um, I probably haven't even thought about that, but I would say that the biggest thing that I think about in terms of my own life is just what it means to be free and how do I demonstrate that freedom to other people? Um, I recognize that because I have a job with a C-level title and I make enough money that there are things that I can do to demonstrate and showcase freedom that other people who look like me can't do. And so freedom to me means uh, walking on the first class in my hoodie, you know what I mean? Letting all the white people jump in front of me before they call my name and then when they say tavio come boy first, walking in front of all of them, right? It means showing up to meetings with CEOs and CMOs dressed in t-shirts <laughs> with my tattoos out, right? Like it's my form of rebellion, but it's also my form of freedom, right? It's my form of rebellion because I'm constantly trying to check people to be like, don't let the way that I look fool you, right? Don't let the way that I look confuse you about who I am or what I bring to the table. I'm always trying to show people a package that, um, I'm always trying to showcase to people a package that they don't expect to hear or say or sound like what I sound like um, so that I can break whatever um, constraints they have in terms of how they see us, whatever frameworks they have us in. So anyways, real freedom to me means figuring out how to live my fullest, best life, man, Um, without being stressed about my race, without being stressed about whether it means I'm going to be shot, without whether being stressed about it sorry, without being stressed about whether it means people are going to look at me less than, um, but just to be able to live my life out loud and free. And if I can demonstrate Black boy joy and freedom, then I can potentially help build a whole nother group of Black men who get to deal with Black boy joy and freedom. Um, I probably want to say more on that, but I feel a little less articulate on that, but I might come back to that before we end.
0: Nah yeah, definitely. I love it. And like even just saying, you know, like building that next that next group of black boys so they can show their black boy joy, like that's what we need. Like that's necessary and pivotal.
2: Yeah, look, man, in 20 years, you should have a choice about how you show up to work, right? Mm. Because the, the the color of your skin won't put you in a box, right? So you should be able to show up the way you show up and people hear your genius. Um, that's real freedom. So we're trying to figure out how to get there. Yes, sir. So, all here for the black boy joy. Yeah, man. We deserve it, right? We, we do. Yeah, we deserve it, man. I saw, did y'all see that Dave Chappelle um, special yet? His comedy special? I did not. I saw a lot of
0: I saw a lot of racket about it on the on the yeah. Twitter webs and the Instagram yeah.
2: webs. Yeah, y'all should check it out. But he has this line, you know, where he's saying like, you know, where people are saying, Why, you know the side that critiques George Floyd and tries to criminalize him and make him, you know, evil as we always do in the media, you know, they're saying like, why would you pick him to be your hero? And Dave Chappelle says, we didn't pick him, y'all picked him, right? Y'all did what y'all did to this man. I don't need any more heroes because any black person who makes it out of this situation is my freaking hero. Right? I so like um, agree with that statement and then adding on to that, what we're talking about, then I believe all our heroes deserve to be happy. And all of our heroes deserve to find joy. And all of our heroes deserve to be free. Um, so let's get let's get to doing that work.
0: Yeah, I feel like a lot of black folks, like there's always a plight. We, always, always has to be a plight, but like, I don't believe that. Like there yeah. shouldn't always have to be a
2: struggle. That's and right, that's right, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't, look man, like, We probably make a hundred decisions a day that are rooted in the content, not in the content of our character, but in the complexion of our skin. That's not freedom, bro. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that's not freedom. So that's what I'm trying to figure out how to unfree myself. I mean, sorry, how to free myself and unlearn some of that thinking so that I can do it for the generations below me.
1: That was powerful. (laughs) (laughs) All good. (laughs) What else we talking about? So we're we're not we're still in the process of integrating into the media industry, you know, just as a culture, as a people. And so given that every, given everything that our ancestors have been through and, and some of our grandfathers and our fathers, how do you plan to, or how are you already paying it forward? essentially?
2: Yeah. Um, I'm one of those people who believe very early on that, um you are your best self you will be your most dangerous at work if you find a way to combine your gifts your talents those natural things that god has put inside of tony along with the passions those things that naturally excite tony in the world um Tom's a way to make money and um commerce right And so I am fully aligned with my talents and my passion. That whole question you just asked me is my passion. So I've been working at Black companies, grooming young Black and brown folks. When I was 26, I was grooming 22-year-olds, right? Um, And that's a part of my job today as everybody's out here trying to figure out what can I do for the movement? I'm like, every day I get to wake up and do the movement, you know what I mean? Every day, whether it's the content we're creating or the young black and brown people at the job that I get to pour into. I get to do this stuff every day because I align uh, my career with my passions and with the stuff that I love and with the stuff that I'm good that I hope or believe that I'm that I'm gifted at. Um, so I think I'm blessed and fortunate in that way. Outside of that, you know, right now my one place of impact is my uh, my one place of impact in a non-black space is with my business school classmates. We have a thread of WhatsApp Up, WhatsApp Up, thread with 400 of us on it these are um, mostly non-black people who are wealthy affluent come from big names u.s and international um, i can't go out there right now and for my own mental health and go have fights and conflict with you know, white folks on the street that don't get it. But if I can impact this CEO who's leading a company of 100 people, if I can impact this VP who's who's, who's got 1,000 people, right? Like, that's my place of impact for us on that side. Outside of that, I'm super focused on Black, um, which happens at work, which is happening on this call, which is um, where I'm choosing to give my energy to the movement. Yes, yes,
0: and even, like, you being on this call with us, like that gives to the this culture. This is us. Like, uh, yeah, bro, this is us.
2: Black men building, right? We're we going to be connected forever after this, right? This is how absolutely. Acting, right? absolutely. And it's, it's Absolutely. Right? it's about exposure. Um, exposure to the next level breeds like a, a frustration. For your current situation like you begin to to realize how inadequate some things can be why does everybody in the hood want to be rappers and basketball players because that's all they know right expose them to businessmen who get to work like this dress like this do right like it'll 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 help them see the world completely differently so anyways i hope that that's what i get to do with um, young folks like you and the people that i interact with which is just again it comes back to freedom you don't have to be in this seat you don't have to want to Wear your hats and tattoos out like me, but what you deserve is the choice about whether you wanna do that or not. And you don't know that you have choice until you see somebody else do it and go, you know what, I wanna do that. Or you go, you know what, I'll never want that to be me. Either way, regardless of where you land, that's real freedom because you black man made the choice. Right now, too many people making choices for us.
1: Mm. Mm Mm-hmm,
2: absolutely,
0: absolutely. You yeah, you did that one. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got that one. Yeah, yeah. I I guess I just want to know like what what can we expect from Revolt? Like what what do yeah. we what should we be looking out for?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm super excited about Revolt. I'm super excited about the team. Like you're talking about taking Puff, who I think is the number one brand ambassador in the world, a hip hop platform, which is the number one driver of culture in the world. Um, a focus on y'all, like our core audience is Gen Y, Gen Z, and young people have always changed the world. Look at what's happening right now, right? Dave Chappelle's on stage talking about people are saying, where are you, Dave? He said, why? These young people out here on these streets doing a hell of a job, right? So we got the young people, we got hip hop, we got Diddy. I feel like we have all the ingredients to do amazing work. And so, um, again, our number one concentration place will be social justice. We're not out here trying to cover the news. We're out here trying to be a catalyst and the toppling and the overthrowing of, systematic system, of, of systems that have systematically um, oppressed black people for a long time. So I hope that as people follow us, they see that. Um, I hope that they um, participate with us and take the content that we're creating as fuel to create change. And then outside of that, we're gonna have fun on the other side. Like every rebellion has to have a cause. So that's our cause and it's 50% of the work but rebellion's a tyrant, bruh. And so, you know, then you gotta live the life, right? So you're gonna see us play on the lifestyle side, the music, the dance, the culture, the travel. Um, Again, choice is being able to say that blackness is not just about being in this, what you talked about, this fight. It's the totality of our experience. And so this fight is a big deal and we will never ever abandon our people in this fight, but we also gonna celebrate the other side as well. Um, The only other piece that I'll add is like, I believe that this hip hop has ascended with all of its, um, as hip hop has ascended to the highest heights, um, that we've lost a lot of the gravity and the weight that used to be there. And so there's absolute purpose and people who can help provide context to our stories, context to what's happening in hip hop, context uh, when we talk about who's hot or who's like, what's like, we need real people to contextualize um, our truth for us. So we'll also be spending a lot of time there. But I think we do that in things like drink champs and state of the culture and the breakfast club. Those are all things that help people contextualize the moment that they're in. Um, so yeah, we'll be playing in the social justice space, the contextualization space, and then we're going to live the lifestyle and celebrate because we deserve to be happy. It's time to
0: celebrate.
2: It's definitely
1: yeah to yeah, yeah, yeah yeah. I love it.
0: Yeah. All right, man. Okay. So, <laughs> nah, Yeah, I, th-
1: I I
0: think that's good. We definitely wanna we definitely okay. wanna thank you, thank you for mm-hmm. sitting in with us and sharing that perspective and letting you know. We're gonna have a lot of listeners who like look like us and who are our age and like those who are not and like being able to see and hear that perspective from someone, you know, who has, who has made it, you know, you have, you have gotten to the place where so many before you have tried and maybe have faltered because of things outside of their control. But we thank you for being a trailblazer in this industry. Thank you for consistently, you know, pouring back into us. Um, And yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you to the listeners. Thank y'all. We appreciate y'all for supporting the first podcast afternoons with, and all that good stuff.
2: Yeah. Well, I just want to say thank you to you guys. You know, um, it's funny these things, um, especially in the middle of your day, can have a, a way of taking energy out of you. But um, I am always reminded that no matter how like drained I might be before, like to have this interaction with black men where we vibe and um, connect and talk about our dreams and how like that stuff is so energy giving. So I want to say thank you to to the both of you guys for giving me energy, giving me life. Um, I am excited about the next generations. I'm excited about what's to come. And uh, you guys
1: give me hope. So keep it up. I'm here if you ever need me. We appreciate that. And again, we want to thank our listeners. And please check out our blog. We're celebrating Juneteenth all week. Just go to and <laughs> Please check out our agency playlist. Again, we're celebrating Juneteenth. This is all about us. Um, so check that out on Apple Music. And please be on the lookout for our podcast. Our new podcast on um, this Friday and every Friday after. Please check us out. Please, please, please. We love y'all.
0: We love y'all. appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah.